0: Welcome to Mama Doesn't Tell Lies. It's the podcast series that's uplifting and real and gives you the truth bombs that you can handle while talking parenthood. Spawned from a desire to know more while also wishing that someone who had done it all before had shared their stories. Each episode we talk about something true and something real. This mama here, along with my guest hosts, each episode, Don't Tell Lies. So if you're a parent, want to be a parent, but just appreciate a giggle, strap yourself in for the ride, and let's do it. On this episode, joining me today is a woman who I know very dearly, Um, and very closely by the name of Deborah Adeline. She is an author, speaker, coach and mother to two children and is also my neighbour and it is very fitting today that we are recording today's episode of Mama Doesn't Tell Lies on the front um, porch of my house. Uh, Welcome to Mama Doesn't Tell Lies. Thank you. It's a great honour
1: to be here. Thank you.
0: Um, so today we are taking our inspiration from nature. so there are some sounds of beautiful birds. It's a super stunning uh, autumn day here in Melbourne. This is where Mama doesn't tell lies comes from. So today I wanted to speak to Deborah about her experiences with parenthood because, um, over the driveway chat um, and sharing three children between two of us that love each other sick um, and love to play up and down our driveway we've uncovered that there is a lot of similarities in our philosophies on life I think and that we've both got the a similar, Um, outlook and positive attitude in life, but um, you have endeavoured to become an independent woman while also co-parenting two beautiful children with your uh, ex-husband and doing it for the single mummers out there. Tell me, Deb, to start today, what do you wish you had known before you became a mum? (laughs)
1: That's a great question. Wow, so many things. But I guess I'll point to, and thank you so much for that beautiful welcome and intro. Um, So so many things. Essentially what I wish I would have been told, probably from my mum, that... um, Parenthood was going to be a journey, specifically motherhood was going to be a journey, and it was going to be full of ups and downs and a ton of mistakes mm. and so-called failings, really in the disguise of learning and this idea about perfectionism. Because mm. women typically compare themselves to the ideal woman, and the ideal woman is a perfect woman, but she doesn't exist. It's it's very true. I mean, I am
0: self-confessed perfectionist, um, overachiever, has been described by one of my best friends, Shelley. Um, But I don't know where it comes from, because I don't think that that was passed on to me by my mother. But it's almost like a pressure that you put onto yourself, that you it, it evolves from somewhere deep. And what society is doing around us is Is giving us this of you must be the perfect mother at all times you must give yourself a hundred percent to your children but you must also give a hundred percent to everything else in your life while doing it flawlessly and looking like the duck Swimming gracefully across the
1: lake. I'd love to um, hear more about yeah. your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. And you point to this idea of where does it come from, and I feel that innately women are just actually born with it. Mm. It's something that we're always we're always comparing ourselves to the ideal woman, and that's why we have this "I'm not enough" or "I'm too much" type thing that that exists in most women, from my personal experience, my studies, and my research. Mm. And so when we're always comparing ourselves, we're comparing ourselves to the ideal woman. We're also comparing other women to the ideal woman. So in mothers groups, you might be judging, labelling, comparing people, uh, women to the ideal woman. But also we look at our men in our life, either the fathers of our children or our co-parents or our brothers, our friends, our fathers, and comparing them also to the ideal woman.
0: Mm. And there is that um, depiction that, Particularly here, we've got it so differently to say the um, Asian cultures in the Western world uh, compared to the Eastern world. There is almost a sense of pride where in other beautiful cultures, African cultures, Asian cultures, they are all about letting their guard down, simply being a vessel for their child. You know, it's the I remember my um, our neighbour here when I first had Hamish was like, "Where's your mother?" I said, what do you mean? She said, well, why is she not here looking after the house and the child and you should be resting? It's um, it's inherent in us here in the Western world that we must do it all. And so you believe that this
1: is something that is... Um, nature, not nurture. Mm, I I feel that. I think it starts off with nature, but it's reinforced by the female figures in our life. And if we could have more robust, more transparent, more vulnerable conversations growing up as children Mm. and leading towards parenthood, I feel that the way that we approach this ideal woman will be a little softer, a little kinder. And it's so true what you're saying about um, parenting or bringing up children by ourselves Mm. back in the day and in so many cultures. As it exists now, there are so many people that um, have so much support, but especially single parents who may not have a lot of support, that's a real biggie that you brought up. Yeah, I mean, you're living this first handed,
0: so um, you have your children uh, a couple days a week, Um, beautiful, beautiful. A 12-year-old and an 8-year-old. That's right. As my dog runs away. Frankie, come back here, good girl. Um, It really is true. Mama doesn't tell lies that we do everything here. Um, So tell me about the experience um, of going through a divorce and going from having your children
1: Mm -hmm. full-time to having them part time Mm, it's huge Mm. chloe honestly i would i i never knew what it was like until i personally experienced it and even if somebody would have told me i i i wouldn't have believed them (laughs) the this concept of um i i'm going to describe it visually so for the listeners out there who visually it might it might really tie into the way that you approach things and, and I'll do my best for all the other listeners out there who <laughs> have different learning and communication uh, channels. But essentially I feel as a mother that we grow these extraordinarily long wings, these like a bird, massive, massive wings, and we wrap our wings around our children. And I think that starts off when we're pregnant. We're holding inside of us a very precious and sacred human being that we've got this belly and it's protective. Then when the baby comes out, we've become extraordinarily and instinctive instinctively more protective Mm. and as they grow up we become more and more protective and so once if we're the sort of um parent who's let's say a full-time parent like I was at the time co-parenting with my husband at the time I felt that I, I actually took um, took for granted how much time uh, that I was spending with my children mm. and um, because I hadn't yet experienced divorce, when I, f- when I did um, finally experience the idea of uh, experience divorce, I then had to transition and it was actually grief and loss that I experienced transition from seven days a week to three and a half nights a week mm. and in that part of me died and part of me was reborn because the three and a half nights or days that I wasn't with my children I needed to succ- succumb and be vulnerable and give in and accept and submit to the idea that my wings couldn't reach them
0: Mm. my physical
1: ring wings couldn't wrap themselves myself around them and so what I had to work on from there was deeply deeply work on both my grief and my loss of losing my children because that's actually what it felt like it felt like my arm had been cut off or both Mm. my arms had been cut off but on top of that I needed to build up my uh, my heart my heart connection with my children and be able to use my heart energy to reach them in all the places that I couldn't reach them. So when I wasn't with them at night, I sent my heart message out to them to say goodnight to them.
0: Mm. That's incredibly moving. And the vulnerability that I guess you profess to exploring and, and feeling, um, is, it, is it something that you would tell other parents because, I mean, one of the reasons why we've talked about Mama Doesn't Tell Lies is because that people do protect us. I think it does come from a place of goodness usually that you don't want to scare someone. It's like the whole birthing thing and I, I keep banging back to this. They only give you a snippet of what to anticipate in birth And they say it's because you don't know what happens until you're doing it and you're in the motions and and to your point about divorce, you don't know what's happening there until you're doing it. But do you wish that someone had sort of tapped on your shoulder and said it will feel like grief or it will get easier or what? Is there something there?
1: That's such a good point and I'm really thinking on the spot here I think there's there's two ways to think about it if somebody would have tapped me on the shoulder and said there's going to be grief there's going to be loss and it's going to feel like this perhaps at the time I would have said something like how the hell do you know you don't know how I feel mm. or this is't this is my experience this is not yours your experience will be different to mine and so my rebellious nature might be well I'm not going to listen to you I, I, you know and at the same time if I was to turn it around and say wow thank you for the words of wisdom thank Thank you for giving me the heads up. Thank you. It's, uh, I'd like to think about that. I think in the end, a lived experience is the most real for each person. And no matter how much you can tell a person how to ride a bike, for example, mm. it's when they get on the bike and start pedaling and feeling the points and balance points and falling off and getting back up again and having bloody knees and keep going and going a bit too fast and stopping and going around a corner too fast. It's at that moment where we start to really embody the mm. wisdom. So what you're saying is that
0: all the things that we're talking about, a mama doesn't tell lies. We can give you, we can give it to you, but until you're in it, you you don't know. And that is true. Like, you can't ever anticipate really in anything in parenthood, to be honest. What is around that corner? Is there going to be a bloody knee, or are you going to have smooth sailing? Are you going to need your helmet, or can you go free falling? Um, so, I wanna I wanna step forward a little bit. So you've separated from your partner you've also um you're in australia i know that you've you've lived overseas you're finding your feet again and you've suddenly got three and a half days to yourself a week so let's put a positive spin on this so you go from full-time parenting to having a sense of independence to um be you I think that's something that a lot of parents suffer with, is that you don't know how to find yourself again. Did you find that um, to be a confronting feeling, a moving feeling, a positive feeling? What did you do with it?
1: Mm, That's a great question. So at the beginning, I I was in that deep grief and loss. So I used those days to recover so that I could prepare myself for the next contact time I had with my children. But as I got better and better at dealing with the grief and the loss, it it went from three and a half days of grief and loss to five minutes. And every time I say goodbye to my children, knowing that I'll see them in another three and a half days, I spend about five minutes sitting down, usually on the sofa with my eyes closed, putting my hand over my heart, telling myself everything's going to be okay. I know this feeling. I'm familiar with this feeling, it's going to be okay, life will turn around, I'll see them in another three and a half days, it's okay. And then I stand up with a big smile on my face and I just get on with my life. Mm. And what I've learned from the the divorce, what I've personally learned, and maybe your listeners out here will have a similar experience, is that the three and a half days that I have to myself without my children have been monumental in my personal development. Mm. And I'm not saying that to invite people to break up with their partners just to get that <laughs> personal development. But the upspin of divorce is, and if you are co-parenting and actually have shared custody, for example, mm. is that the time that you have by yourself allowed has allowed me personally to do accelerate my my work, um, do things that I wouldn't normally do, go away by myself, go camping, go to, let's say, music by myself or with friends, um, focus on things and spend, you know, let's say, 24 hours non-stop doing an activity that would usually be interrupted, but I can just spend all that time on, on me. And,
0: I mean, I don't know about you, but when I became a mother I feel like you get a superhuman DNA that gets put back into you when you birth a child it's almost like an extra chromosome that comes back in that means that what you used to do in two hours takes you 10 minutes so I can only imagine what three and a half days would be like um it's like it's like six months (laughs) It's, that's, that's that's an age. Oh, no so, wonder so you're so funny. busy doing these amazing things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chloe, you speak, you, you, you describe that so beautifully and um, I have a feeling that I don't want to burst any of the bubbles but I have a feeling that you might have this very sort of like um, huge like... Um, um, not expectation, but view that I might accomplish or be very effective in that amount of time. (laughs) And the fact is that there are some days where I'm that shattered that it takes me about a day to recover.
0: (laughs) Oh, mate, we're all there. I mean, as I've discussed, being a parent of a two-year-old, I feel like I go to work to recover from parenting. Yes. And um, on the topic of work, so um, you have changed your career a number of times. Mm -hmm. And do you think... Um, being a parent has impacted your career choices
1: Mm, that's great Um, yes being a parent has helped me look at myself and looking at myself, i found that there are voids and I see that the voids have actually become my highest values. And because I've always been interested in human behavior and psychology, when I look at highest values, I'm, I'm compelled to keep living in alignment to them. And as I move through the years, and I've been divorced for six years now, as I move through the years, I'm deeper and deeper involved in my own personal development. And because I love helping other people do the same, just the time that i don't have with my children has been this incredible time where i get to share and help others and the time that i do have with my children i get to practice what i've learned and my children likewise are also my greatest teachers in fact they are probably my greatest mentors and coaches the best ones i've ever had
0: yeah they are pretty special your kids <laughs> I, um, you. this is an opportunity as well so deb um feel free to plug away your business oh. the stuff that you do um on that coaching level I know that you have um, committed recently um, to a Facebook morning session. Tell people about what you do. Thank
1: you, thank you. So um, recently I did an 88 day straight morning mastery experience where we had 100 people on a closed Facebook group and at 5.05am every morning, rain, hail or shine, seven days a week for 88 days. Um, I went on live in my PJs, in my dressing gown, messy hair, you know, face just woken up from sleep to work with people around morning mastery and helping people around creating Goal setting, visions, uh, meditations, whatever it was that they they wanted to achieve in their life, we focused on that in the morning. So that was really fun. Um, that's how'd you start. fit that in with um, having
0: kids? Like, how'd they go with it? you I mean, one of your son loves to sleep yeah. now, yeah. which we will touch on very briefly.
1: Yeah. Um, but. Um, How'd they go? They were completely asleep when I did it and I holed up in the bathroom. So what I did was I just, you know, I snuck into the bathroom the night before I had it everything rigged up, microphone ready to go and um, just stood in the bathroom with the door shut. People knew I was in the bathroom recording. It was live from the bathroom. It had good sound.
0: Great. I was going to say great acoustics. <laughs> Today we're actually under a bed sheet um, <laughs> trying to get this one. Um, for Alice Miller who's our audio producer to make sure it's a cl- slightly clearer sound so apologies but um, it's also about being authentic so one thing before um, we do our closing question I want to very briefly touch on sleeplessness mm. um, so Rafi is a great sleeper now like mm. all teen- almost teenage mm-hmm. boys loves his sleep but mm. how many hours a day did he sleep when he was a baby
1: two hours every 24 hours for almost three years,
0: I don't even. Oh, I can't even begin to imagine. If you could summarise that experience mm. in a few short sentences, mm. how would you? How would you do it? It
1: was. Um, I I became mentally unwell, mm. like essentially. I, I I it tipped me over the edge. It was a living nightmare, um, that didn't seem to ever end, and you know what it's like when you've got when you've been interrupted sleep interrupted Mm. so not only was i sleep interrupted because i couldn't get a solid you know couple of hours of sleep but i'd also um started disconnecting as a parent from my own baby because the very cause of of the very cause of Mm. my sleeplessness and my my downing down mental health was my son and that that thing that brings
0: you joy is also the demise
1: (laughs) that's right exactly and in in um you know the early days when you know bonding um you know there's a lot of reinforcement and education around bonding and spending time with your baby and having your baby get to smell you and know you and touch you and you kissing them and all of this stuff um at the same time i was um you know really really struggling and wanting to get away from him so Mm. there was this um pull push um, tug of war type Thing where he was dependent entirely on me being with him and me wanting to push him away and try to look after my own needs. It was a really difficult part of my life and um, mm. I, halluc- I was hallucinating 24-7. I heard crying babies when there weren't even crying babies. Oh um, it, was, it was very difficult. When I lived in Hong Kong at the time and I was um, completely mentally unwell but because um, of the circumstances I wasn't in a situation where I would. Um, cared for under the mental health kind of um, mm. facilities that they had there, it would have been different if I was in Australia. <clears throat> we, I think, there's a whole
0: other episode that we could talk on that. And if there, if that, if that is resonating with you, please do get in touch um, with us via mdtl.blog.com. Um, on cl- in closing, um, so we we started talking about the things you wish you knew. So um, that perfectionism that striving to be the best mum that you can be um all of those wonderful rich things that you could potentially tell someone and you kind of maybe set them up to be like it's okay to be just okay and it's okay not to be perfect what would you tell someone if they said what's the one piece of parenthood advice that you would give
1: Mm, great question so i would start off by saying we're all good women and we're all good men And it's not possible to get anything 100% perfect and 100% right, because that simply doesn't exist. And and as an extension of that, there's this idea that we can stuff up our children. Mm. And there have been countless things that I've done that have definitely affected my children's behavior. Countless things, and I own them and I acknowledge them and I'm responsible and accountable for them. Um, you know I'm um, very far from being perfect but the one thing that I really want to share based on all of that is that you've got to leave some stuff for your children to work on too Mm. and it's that forgiveness that we can give to ourselves when we do maybe make a mistake or stuff up so-called stuff up or make an error to say to yourself I'm doing the best that I can do at the time with my level of sleep or deprivation Mm -hmm. (laughs) my level of food Starvingness Mm -hmm. or thirst, (laughs) busting for the toilet or not, Um, level of workload or not, whatever your situation is, you're doing the very best that you can do at the time, and to let try your very very best to diffuse yourself from and let go from this idea of 100% perfect, getting everything right, because children are incredibly resilient, and I know countless people who have been raised in less than ideal circumstances Who have gone on to be incredible leaders whose void in their upbringing has become their greatest value in their life. And if not for that, they wouldn't be where they are today.
0: Mm. And it's also okay just to grow up and just be an average Joe as well, which I think um, as parents, you wish for the very best for your children. um, But Being ordinary is also okay and I think that extends to being a parent. Being an ordinary parent is actually okay and if you um, need a shoulder to cry on every now and then or I mean I had a situation the other day where Hamish was losing it completely and I just completely lost it at him and then he fed off me and we were both shattered as a result of it and I was like, oh my God, I totally just completely let go in that moment but it was okay, and he saw my vulnerability. And I think he he came up to me afterwards and said, I'm sorry, mummy, and he's only two and a half, so he has that great understanding of when he's pushed a boundary. But I could have lamented on it, but I think the wise words of the women around me, and some of the men as well, have allowed me to take that moment and move on. Which I think to your point as well is that it's only ever a moment you know, we talked about this when we spoke to Matt Jeffers, that, you know, the days are long, but the weeks and months are short. And that fraction of a sec- of a session, a fraction of a second, that you have that moment where you're like, mm, that wasn't the best parenting decision I've ever made. It's okay. You've done it, you've been there, you've lived through it. Your, par- your kids probably aren't gonna turn out to be terrorists, I hope. Um, so you just gotta just move on and move upwards. Um, I hope today's chat has been very uplifting. I will be getting Deb back in the studio again um, for season two when that comes around. But um, to pass on to you, Deb, um, the love and adoration that we have in our little hood here um, and be part of Mum It Doesn't Tell Lies, I think um, in our pure honesty, in our dressing gowns with no makeup, no underwear kids roaming around I probably think we're at our most vulnerable with our neighbours and um, if you don't have a relationship with your neighbour you should um, because it's better for your soul so thank you for joining us on the um, podcast today
1: thank you so much Know if I can add something Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Totally. I just want to say on on the back of what you said about having neighbours, being a single parent and having the most extraordinarily amazing neighbours in Chloe and Matt and Hamish, my life's actually gone next level thanks to you. And my children have like a little brother and other parents in you guys. So I'm so so grateful for the community that you have injected your energy into <clears throat> to make to make my life so much better for your being here
0: i think i have empathy coming from a single parent family <laughs> um but i did yeah. i did hear a podcast a fantastic one about um the that your heart actually is better off for being kind so if we can take a moment to be kind to your neighbors and, and to make them into friends then um, we're all better for it so thank you again thank you been listening to mama doesn't tell lies the podcast sharing nothing but realness about parenting and kidly winks produced and hosted by me chloe jeffers audio editing and production by alice miller true stories by those willing to share